you, Jesus. I praise you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank the Lord. Remember, um, this weekend is a normal, as far as hours, Sunday morning, snack chat at 10, and then 11.15 uh, we'll have our worship service. Brother David Martin will be here. You don't know him, but I, I um, trust that the Lord has pulled, pulled all this together for us. And um, looking forward to having them to be with us. And uh, uh, yes, we were friends of old. We haven't stayed in touch through the years. Uh, saw them at a conference a couple, few years ago, and uh, just thrilled that they were active in ministry and working. And now they've moved to Florida, uh, where two of their daughters are married and, and serving God. And so they, uh, uh, they're actually not ministry in the church now, but um, I'm, I'm excited to find out just all that the Lord is doing in their life because they've always been involved and committed. And uh, so they're going to be with us. Remember uh, Friday night, this Friday night. Everybody say this Friday night. This Friday 6.30 p.m. <laughs> We're going to have prayer meeting. And uh, I'm going to try to follow through and be here. And uh, it was probably good for me and good for you that I messed up good so that uh, I wouldn't hold anybody Hold it against them if they if they mess up. It humbled me. So, uh, but let's come in and pray Friday night. We need to. We have a tremendous spirit of the Lord working and moving in this church. Yes. And I and I thank God for that. But I want to make sure that we're praying as a church for God's will to be done here. Yes. Yes. I want to be sure that we're yes. we're pushing forward here and saying, God, whatever we need to do to to do to be available. We, we want to make, we want this to happen. Yes. Amen. Amen. And so please be specifically praying for our church that the Lord would help us. Remember, not, not this Thursday, but a week after will be our, the 23rd, I believe it is, will be our business meeting. And uh, we'll be in the, in the sanctuary and uh, at 7 o'clock. And we'll just take care of our church business and have all that taken care of. Shouldn't take long, but probably about an hour and uh, we'll try to get this all taken care of amen anyone need prayer before we go any farther here's the lord okay well i have quite a bit of scripture to read tonight are y'all willing to help me uh, pardon oh no susie didn't come over to the piano are we Oh, yeah. Forgive me. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Where, where is I know of? I know. Yes, Jesus. Thank you, God. Um, so, you got to Yes, Lord, yes, to you. 
Uh, so let's turn tonight. I guess I've asked the Lord if I, you know, ate too much pizza or if this was really what he wanted me to do. <laughs> but I, you will seldom see me talk about anything out of Revelations. But I am tonight. I am in the middle of it. And I, I don't know that I'm going to give you any answers. My goal tonight, I feel like, is to give you some questions. <laughs> now, how many would agree, though, that for us to, to gain and grow, we, we do have to ask questions? And, um, and I, maybe some of this is a little bit troubling to me. Um, I'm, I'm not out trying to create some new doctrine tonight. Uh, I just want to ask biblical thoughts to, uh, I know what I have been taught. I know what our organization believes. I know, I know, um, you know, what I've read in my, what I've taught with my, uh, you know, Bible study uh, that I've taught a number of times. But I, but I guess I've been thinking about questions that I feel like are more down to earth, right where I'm living. And those are the things I want to ask tonight. Right. I, I, I can't tell you about, uh, you know, some of these end time issues that are big topics for some of these great Bible people and, and people that have done all these videos and everything. And I mean, I'm going to leave them to be able to do all that on their own. But I, but I do have some questions tonight. Sure. And I hope that will be... Um, not to question anyone, not, I'm not here to question your doctrine. I'm just here wanting to say, help me fit some of these pieces together. Yes. And, I, and if I could do that, I feel like it's going to get you thinking. And um, I don't know about you, but I really, I spend some of my prayer time with God asking him to give me understanding yeah. about, you know, what the future says. Praise the Lord. Sorry, You're fine. Come in. Make yourself a homework. We haven't even read the first scripture yet. Great to see you all. God bless you. All right, so we're going to start off in Revelations 13, and we're going to read verses 15 through 18 tonight. And uh, John, you okay reading that for me? Through 18. And he had power to give life unto the image of the beast, that the image of the beast should both speak, and cause that as many as would not worship the image of the beast should be killed. And he causes all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand or in, or in their foreheads, and that no man might buy or sell, save that he had the mark or the name of the beast, or the number of his name. Here is wisdom. Let him that hath understanding count the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man, and his number is six hundred three four and six. All right. So I'm just bringing your attention tonight to the reference that we're talking about the mark of the beast here. And um, I don't know about you, but I've heard some pretty scary things said about that. <laughs> I remember when I was a teenager, uh, 
we started going to a, another church affiliation. My, my sister and my brother were going to it, so I, you know, tagged along with them. And I mean, these people were into the uh, late great planet Earth and um, Hal Lindsey, and you know, that's when he was out, you know, big time in those early years of the 70s. And I mean, scared the ever-living life out of me. Because I, I thought, man, what? There's some horrible things that this Bible says. <laughs> and uh, so now, now that's one chapter over. Uh, Debbie, you okay reading uh, Revelations 14, 9 through 11? This is just more about this, but I just want to give you the uh, full report here. saying with a loud voice, If any man worship the beast and his image and receive his mark in his forehead or in his hand, the same shall drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out without mixture into the cup of his indignation. And he shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb. And the smoke of their torment ascended up forever and ever, and they have no rest day or night who worship the beast in his image, and whosoever receiveth the mark of his name. Now, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but so are the holy angels and the lamb in hell? No. Fire and brimstone? I don't know about you, but I always correlated those with hell. Right. Right. Interesting verse, isn't it? Yeah. Let's read it one more time. And the same shall drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out without mixture into the cup of his indignation, and he shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb. That's an interesting word. Okay, and one more verse, Debbie. Which one? Verse 11. And the smoke of their torment ascended up forever and ever, and they have no rest day nor night to worship the beast and his image, and whosoever receiveth the mark of his name. All right. Oh, never hear that. So, that's interesting, isn't it? So I have heard many a message. I've taught many Bible studies out of, uh, you know, one of our key Bible studies we teach people. And um, it, this was never part of it. Uh, but I want you to catch something tonight. And, and this is where we're going next, and then I'll, and then I'll reveal my thinking and my thoughts with you. Uh, let's go to um, Revelation 7 now. Who do we have? Who, Renee, are you up to reading? Yeah. Re Revelation 7. Uh, one through three, I, uh, no, no, yeah, one through four, excuse me. And after these things, I saw four angels standing on the four corners of the earth, holding the four winds of the earth, that the wind should not blow on the earth, nor on the sea, nor on any tree. And I saw another angel standing from the east, having the seal of the living God, and he cried with a loud voice to the four angels to whom it was given to hurt the earth and the sea, saying, Hurt not the earth, neither the sea nor the trees, till we have sealed the servants of our God. Till we have sealed 
the servants of God in their foreheads. I want you to know that this enemy that we face, the, the devil, the spirits of darkness that are in our world, are, are always duplicating God's plan. What are they? They're, they simply are, are giving us a, something like it. So before the enemy, Satan, had the mark of the beast, God had a mark upon the foreheads of all of his saints. And, and I, I guess I've been reading this and just feel like that there's a lot of question marks. And, and, and um, I think sometimes when we think about end time, I think we are brought to this moment of ultimatum when we are, it's the end, it's going to be all over. You know, the earth is going to burn up and, and it's, it's going to be consumed. And uh, it's all over. And I want, you, I want to show you tonight that, that there's symbolic symmetry in this scriptures that are full of poetry and poetic saying, statements that go all the way back to the Old Testament. Matter of fact, they say that over 80% of Revelation says Old Testament referred to. And, and so when we talk about the book of Revelations, we are talking about, remember, this is a God who's all about one covenant he made with mankind. And we are thrilled and privileged to be a part of that covenant tonight right. when we were blood-bought, when, we when we repented of our sins, right. when God filled us with the Holy Ghost, when we were baptized in Jesus' name. Yes. How important is it? It's extremely important. Yeah. Right. This, is, this is what brings us in and gives us entrance into God's kingdom. Yeah. Amen. And so I, I, I want to just talk to you about, you know, how important is the mark of God tonight? Well, it's very important, but, but where do we get this mark? How, when does God give us this mark? Am I without a mark of God today? Am I, am I defenseless? Am I going to have to worry about someday uh, when demonic powers come and, and, and they're going to try to force somebody to take the mark of the beast? I don't know any of that stuff, all that futurism. All I know is, is that is that there's a dividing line with God to those, to them that are his. Right. Amen. So let's go a little bit farther tonight. Um, just just the, the poser is the enemy of our soul today. He looks the part. He acts the part. He'd like to say he's equal with God. He sits upon the face of the north. And yet later on, literally, scriptures reveal that he's not much more than a chihuahua. Yes. <laughs> made for punting. <laughs> I, I'm just trying to put a few things in perspective tonight. I, I guess... If I could take away some fear or apprehensiveness from the church tonight, I would really be doing good. And did not Jesus say, 
to not to fear these things that are coming. Right, right. Right. Don't fear. How do we how do we overcome this fear except we talk about some of the stuff? And so we need to talk about the aggressive nature of Satan tonight and his army. The death blow of the enemy, how that scripture has us people and, and people in our world today and even the religious world has us fearful for our very lives with all that we've read bits and pieces out of Revelations and Daniel and Ezekiel. But what about the death blow that God has for the enemy? To think it's just going to take one angel who's not even an archangel that's going to cast the devil into outer darkness. What about the fact that of all the angelic beings, only one-third fell in rebellion with Satan? And there are still two-thirds that are fulfilling and operating in the realm of God today that you can be confident of. Cutting off Christians is what the enemy would like to do. He'd like to say, hath God said? Will God really do it? Does God really know your name? But I want you to know the scriptures leave us with an understanding tonight that he truly knows his people. So where does trusting the Lord stand in these times that we read in the book of Revelations? Is the church forgotten? Because the enemy is doing all these horrible things? If you don't take the mark of the beast, they will kill everyone? Is the power of Satan greater than our God? It's almost as though Revelations is a book that has fully God's stamp on who he is, his supreme power, and there's only one that sitteth upon the throne. And the Lamb came and opened the books, right? And we rejoice because our names are written in the Lamb's book of life. It's like you're supposed to know all that, that everything's in place. We've already read the back of the book and we win. Then you can read this other stuff and not have to be stressed over it. Because it's just God fulfilling his plan to bring everything about. When, when does Jesus say to the devil that all power used to be mine, but, but now I give it over to you? When did Jesus relinquish his power? When he told us in Matthew 28, all power is given to me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations. When are we supposed to give power back to the enemy? When, when is heaven's obligations to his church, to his saints, to those who are believers, when does it diminish and no longer have value because now the forces of Satan are so great? In the day that you seek for me with your whole heart, you shall find me. What human being is that not for? To who was that not written to? Do you think the Lord's going to say, well, you should have already fulfilled my calling, and because you haven't, now I'm going to torch you? 
a God who loved us so much you could say to the woman who was unjustly being judged before those Pharisees that he could say neither do I condemn thee go and sin no more that he could show such love that he could show such compassion to all these people that he met and spoke with and talked to in, in the gospels and then all of a sudden say no more I'm taking up my AK-47 and I'm coming to get you Where is the line drawn that Jesus becomes radical and no longer cares for a human being? When did he say that only some of my creation are fit to be saved? The Bible says that the gospel is an everlasting gospel. When does the gospel end so that Satan can come in and do these horrendous things? I thought my Bible said, when, when does it give and, and take away all power when it says, give and it shall be given unto you, pressed down, shaken together, and running over shall man give unto your bosom? Boy, that's a radical question in a time when all these questions of the future Do the qualifications for salvation ever change in Scripture? I know not. I know of no time when, when you don't have to repent and be buried in that name that's, that's above every name, given among men, under heaven whereby we must be saved. I don't know of any time when we, when we take away the obligation of receiving the Holy Ghost Matter of fact, this whole thing that God did was a covenant between God and an individual. It wasn't God and a nation. It was never meant to be God and a tribe. He came, he fulfilled scripture in order that he might reach one at a time. We say that, we believe that if, if, if only one was saved, Jesus would say that the gospel was worth everything. And I believe that's true. My question tonight is, is it possible that we don't see necessarily or understand everything? Yeah. And should we hold to God's unchanging hand tonight? Should we stick to our guns on all the scriptures we know of God's faithfulness, his love, right. his compassion, Stay on. his commitment to our families? Right. And let God worry about some of this other stuff. Matter of fact, where, what do I have to know to pursue the future? I have to stand on his promises. I have to know him. So when does God take away our individualism and then go back to nations to be his purpose? He went through, we know that old Israel was, was a physical blessings of God. For God, God uh, um, blessed Abraham's seed. Not only as the stars of the heavens, but also as the sands of the seashore. We, we understand one is physical and the other is spiritual. 
Yeah, we have, we are, we are sitting in a great place tonight. In an hour when there's a lot of people asking questions that they, they don't know how to handle. They, they only heard pieces and, and fragments of things and they can't put it all together. Is there a human being on the face of the earth? Can, can, can there be a period of time when every human being won't have an opportunity to believe? When God's going to have to say one day, most of you had your chance. When does the Lord stop offering his love and grace to mankind? I think tonight that we should be more interested in the mark that the Lord gives than we are to be worried over the mark of things that we don't quite understand. How far do we go in Revelations 14? 11. Uh, Debbie, do you still have that? Yes. Start with 12 and, and um, go ahead and read all the way through 17 now. Here is the patience of the saints. Yep. Here is the patience of the saints. Here are they that keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. And I heard a voice from heaven saying unto me, Write, Blessed are the dead which die in the Lord from henceforth. Yea, saith the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors, and their works do follow them. And I looked, and behold, a white cloud, and upon the cloud one set like unto the Son of Man, having on his head a golden crown, and in his hand a sharp sickle. And another angel came out of the temple, crying with a loud voice to him that sat on the cloud, thrust in the sickle, and reap, for the time has come for thee to reap, for the harvest of the earth is ripe. Continue. Through 17. And he that sat on the cloud thrust in his sickle on the earth, and the earth was reaped. And another angel came out of the temple which is in heaven, and he also having a sharp sickle. Amen. Interesting here that the Lord is on a cloud again. You begin to wonder all the symbolism of clouds that are in the Old Testament before we speculate what it means in Acts chapter 1. So, here's a good verse for you. Susie, catch 2 Timothy 2.19 for me. Nevertheless, the foundation of God standeth sure, having this seal. The Lord knoweth them that are his, and let everyone that nameth the name of Christ depart from iniquity. You see, our God is all about individuals. He saves us one by one. Yes. Now the scripture tells us that a man can't uh, bring the sins of the fathers unto the sons. But that if a man could live a righteous life and then turn from that and go and become vile, he'll, he'll be responsible for that. And vice versa, a man who lives his life vile and, and 
and wrong and sinful, but all of a sudden turns toward God, then everything will be forgiven. But the Lord knoweth them that are his, and this is the seal. God has a seal tonight in our lives. The seal is that we are a people that are individually preparing ourselves to be that bride, that one that he could be pleased with. It's how we regard iniquity, what we allow in our lives, what our desire is to be all that he wants us to be. The Lord uses the walk of faith to validate his children today. As we got through reading just a few minutes ago in Revelations 14, he, he labels us and names us based on our past things that we have fulfilled and accomplished and done in righteousness. Yeah, when he opens up the, 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 the books, the Bible said that our name is going to be there. And what's it going to say? It's going to tell of the things that we have done and accomplished by walking in faith and holding to God's promises of, to his word. Right now, there are nations tonight who know not the Lord. Vicious people, leadership that are vile, hurting and destroying their own people, let alone threatening out others who would, who would come and jeopardize what their desires are. Murdering the innocent, corrupt people. And they've, lost, they've existed long before now, and they're going to exist long after we're gone. Because men's hearts are wicked. I don't pretend tonight to know or understand everything in its rightful place in Scripture. But I am having a hard time realizing tonight when I begin to look at what the scriptures say, I'm not supposed to be worried about this stuff. Right. I'm supposed to realize tonight that I have foundation in God that is unmovable. Yes. Amen. Right. I do know tonight that the enemy operates as, a, as one who tries to make substitutes to give me another way to believe or to walk and to trust God supposedly by doing things that have no value in God's, in God's word. But tonight, I challenge the church. Let's be all that God wants us to be according to his word. Hallelujah. Amen. When the Lord marked those who believed, then Satan marked those who didn't. Let me give you some comforting words tonight. Those who say the sky is falling, Look at how obvious it is, how bad the times are. I'll grant you that my eyes have been opened because I used to think the United States was godly. <laughs> and I've come to a very cold awareness tonight that our, we are living in a nation that has no rightful place with God. We're going to have to be one, one at a time out of it. No, I want to tell you, I disagree with that concept tonight. I think that everything is in a perfect setting where we could show people, that, did you know that you can live a life pleasing to God? That you could walk out of your door every day without a conscience that's, that's condemning you? Can I, can I tell you how it is to wake up in the morning and not have a headache? And, and to have hope for the day? And to realize God's blessings are in my life? 
I think that there's a poetic language in Scripture of, of fulfilling God's Word. Number one, you have to realize, as I said, everything is about the covenant that God makes between himself and an individual. The covenant was never meant for anything more than one person at a time. If you will live for me, if you will obey me, if you will trust me, I'm going to be your God. Wherefore, come out from among them and be ye separate, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. Every person, kingdom, nation that is mentioned in Scripture, always it's there because of how it makes contact with God's covenant. Every nation you read about in the Old Testament that, that David fought with was because David was a man of covenant with God. And therefore, scriptures reveal the, the, the fights and wars that he had and the victories God gave him. Today, it's not a matter of what nation, if we should be afraid of Russia or, 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 or China or you know, North Korea. Right. Far more important, what we need to realize today is that if God be for us, right. who can be against us? It will always be respect to God's people having a walk with him, pleasing him and obeying him and walking in victory. Let's go to a familiar passage now. Who do we got? Elaine, will you read this? Um, Acts 2, 17 through um, 21. This is Peter standing up on the day of Pentecost, right? Awesome. Get what he said now. He's, he's speaking. This is right out of Joel. Joel 2. Okay, what does he say? And it shall come to pass in the last day, saith God, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. And on my servants and on my handmaidens will I pour out in those days of my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And it will show wonders in heaven above and signs in the earth beneath, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness, the moon into blood, before that great and notable day of the Lord come. And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Wow. 19 and 20. And I will show wonders in heaven above and signs in the earth beneath, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. And the sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before that great and notable day of the Lord come. Whoa. Oh, it's the end. It's the end. I wonder if Joel's prophecy of the last days was a reference of the world coming to an end, or was it a reference of the first covenant God had with Israel was the end? That's the last days, because God was getting ready to have a new temple, a new priesthood, a new king, a new Jerusalem. I, I was thinking I could list up a bunch more. Yeah. I wonder if I could prove that to you. Another day I'll try to do that. 
So, look at Isaiah 13 now. All right. That are you up to read? Isaiah 13. Just read verse 1, and I'm going to have you read 9 and 10. Uh, the burden of Babylon, which Isaiah the son of Amos did see. Okay, so Isaiah is prophesying. This is to Babylon. Okay? Remember, Babylon took Israel in captivity for 70 years. Right? This is Isaiah's prophecy to Babylon. Okay? Now let's let's jump down and start with verse 9. We're going to go all the way to 19. Okay. Behold, the day of the Lord cometh, cruel both with wrath and fierce anger, to lay the land desolate, and he shall destroy the sinners thereof out of it. For the stars of heaven and the constellations thereof shall not give their light. The sun shall be darkened in his going forth, and the moon shall not cause her light to shine. And I will punish the world for their evil, and the wicked for their iniquity. And I will cause the arrogancy of the proud to cease, and I will lay low the haughtiness of the terrible. I will make a man more precious than fine gold, even a man than, even a man than the golden wedge of Ophir. Therefore, I will shake the heavens, and the earth shall remove out of her place in the wrath of the Lord of hosts and in the day of his fierce anger. And it shall be as the chaste roe, and as a sheep that no man taketh up. They shall every man turn to his own people and flee every one into his own land. Everyone that is found shall be thrust through, and everyone that is joined unto them shall fall by the sword. Their children also shall be dashed into pieces for their, before their eyes. Their houses shall be spoiled and their wives ravished. Behold, I will stir up the meats against them, which shall not regard silver, and as for gold, they shall not delight in it. Their bows shall also dash the, also shall dash the young men into pieces, and they shall have no pity on the fruit of the womb. Their eyes shall not spare children. And Babylon, the glory of kingdoms, the beauty of the Chaldees' excellency, shall be as when God overthrew Sodom and Gomorrah. Babylon, you're coming down. That's right. <laughs> but notice, same language for the moon and the stars, darkness and blood. This is, this is something we see we're finding in the Old Testament. It has meaning. These Jewish people understood what these, what these things were saying to them. Let's look at another one, Ezekiel 32. Anybody else want to read? John, Ezekiel 32, and um, read 2 through, uh, whoops, hold on. Thirty-two through eleven, uh, two through eleven. Excuse me. Son of man, take up a lamentation for Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and say unto him, Thou art like a young lion of the nations. 
and thou art as a well in the seas, and thou camest forth with thy rivers, and troublest the waters with the feet, thy feet, and foulest their rivers. Thus saith the Lord God, I will therefore spread out my net over thee with a company of many people, and they shall bring thee up in my net. Then will I leave thee upon the land, I will cast thee forth upon the upon the open field. John, jump to seven. Now, I'm sorry, I, I, I should have. And when I shall put thee out, I will cover the heaven and make the stars thereof dark. I will cover the sun with a cloud, and the moon shall not give her light. All the bright lights of heaven will I mark dark over thee, and set darkness upon thy land, saith the Lord God. I will also vex the hearts of many people, when I shall bring the destruction among the nations into the, country, in the countries which thou hast not known. Yea, I will make many people amazed at thee, and their kings shall be horribly afraid for thee, when I shall brandish my sword before them, and they shall tremble at every moment, every man for his own life in the day of thy fall. For thus saith the Lord God, the sword of the king of Babylon shall come upon thee. Egypt, you're coming down. Now, what is this? Each of these are God's judgment upon a people they had to do and did evil against God's covenant. It's not that there aren't other nations around in that day, but these are the ones that, that chose either one way or the other to, to come against Israel. And so the, these words, these poetic words of judgment are words that God uses of what he's going to do to come against the enemy against his covenant. You see that? And I'm just bringing these things up tonight to show you that there's a lot of stuff we can look up and find in the scriptures that, that um, have been used before. And, and because of that, my, my point is to say that I think that maybe we're using our imagination sometimes too much. Yeah. And we need to say God is going to bring about judgment upon anyone that is not his covenant. I think that's the big picture tonight. I want to I want his mark in my life. Let's look at Matthew uh, Debbie Matthew 24:29. Yeah. There shall arise. Uh, is it immediately? Uh, 2429. This is not, we're not supposed to just open up our newspaper today and say, oh, oh God, what's going on in our world? And, and say, God's not powerful enough. God's not big enough. Can you see where I'm going tonight? I, I don't have all the answers, but I'm, I'm just showing you some language in Scripture that, that there's more to this than what meets the eye. Okay. Um, yeah, and you all already know this, 2 Timothy 2.19. Nevertheless, the foundation of God standeth sure, having this seal, the Lord knoweth them that are his, and let everyone that nameth the name of Christ depart from iniquity. Uh, Susie, John 3.33. 
Renee, Ephesians 4.30. John 3 and 33. He that hath received his testimony hath set to his seal that God is true. Ah, there's a seal stuff again. Okay, Ephesians 4 and 30. And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. Yeah. You see, we are sealed. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Elaine, catch Ezekiel 9, 4 through 6. I'm coming to a close. Y'all doing okay? Mm -hmm. I know I'm just a bunch of hot air. These things thrill my heart. I was just trying to convey them to y'all. That we don't have to be overcome with fear. Okay, Ezekiel 9, 4 through 6. And the Lord said unto him, Go through the midst of the city, through the midst of Jerusalem, and set a mark upon the foreheads of the men that sigh and that cry for the abominations that be done in the midst thereof. And to the others he said, In mine hearing, Go ye after him through the city, and smite. Let not your eyes your eyes spare, neither have ye pity. Slay utterly, old and young, both maids and little children and women, but come not near any man upon whom is the mark. And begin at my sanctuary. Then they began at the ancient men which were before the house. Oh. So I've, I've just shared tonight some terminology that we found in Revelations. And I just, not a big picture, but I'd love to show you that, that I don't think that you have to be fearful for the day that we're in. Right. Matter of fact, I think we can almost look at it as a blessing from God to say, now more than ever, men's hearts are stirred. I will grant you that. And they're worried. We're not going to scare them into God. That's right. But wouldn't it be nice to be able to go up to someone you're talking to on your job tomorrow and say, don't sweat it. God's got this thing under control. We listened to a Bible study last night that we don't have all the answers, but I'll tell you what assured me tonight that, that we're right where God wants us to be. He knows my name, and I'm bearing his seal. And the enemy's a lot more worried about the seal I have than the one he's going to put on all those who are unwilling. Praise God. Praise the Lord. I mean, you can ask questions, and I'm not sure I can answer any of them. <laughs> but but I'm, I'm going to go into more and more poetic terminology because I want you all to see this. Trumpets, clouds. There's a lot more in the Bible about the clouds when we see him coming in the clouds. Right. Everybody's thinking it's a cloud up in the sky. Wait a minute. When we start to find out clouds are our statement of judgment in the Old Testament. Hmm. Yeah. Joel 2. Thank God Peter didn't quote all of Joel 2 when he, on the day of Pentecost. 
Because he got, he started talking about some things that God was going to do to bring judgment. But Peter wasn't there to talk about judgment. He was talking about God pouring out his gift. The last days starts in the scriptures when Joseph is, is talking to each of his boys before he dies, the 12 tribes of Israel. And every one of them, he pronounces destruction and doom on them except for Judah, because out of Judah would come forth the lawgiver. Yeah, the last day would bring about an end to the old and would bring entrance into the new. What would happen if that were true tonight? If that were true, then, then we could begin to realize that we might as well make the Chelsea Church incredible because after you and I die and gone, this church can continue on. We're not going to look at putting a half a million dollars in this building and say, well, and tomorrow Jesus could come. And if he does, great. We won't have to worry about it. But my point being is that I want to take on the, the language of Scripture and talk about an everlasting gospel. I want to talk about something where, where our works go on before us. Amen. Because of the work that you have done for, your, for God in the city. Praise the Lord. Ask any questions tonight, and Brother Stevens is going to answer them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. That's pretty good. <laughs> I always knew that there was a seal of God, but I didn't realize how many places where it's mentioned. A what? A, a, the seal of God. I, I, I knew that, but I didn't realize how many places it's mentioned. Huh? All we all we've ever heard is the hundred and forty-four thousand. Right. Yep. Yeah. Yep. We're sealed. Not, not the rest. Yep. Right. So how do we know what? Is there scriptures that tell us what the seal of God is? Is that as having the? <laughs> yeah, I mean, these verses I read. Um, John says, he receives his testimony, has set to his seal that God is true. That was John 3 and 33. And then Ephesians 4, 30. Grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby we are sealed unto the day of redemption. And then um, 2 Timothy 2, 19. Remember, in um, um, was it, um, Ezekiel, we talked about go through the midst of the city as set a mark on the foreheads of the men that sigh and that cry for all the abominations that have been done. Right? They were they were concerned about sin in Israel. And and what does Second Timothy two nineteen say? Yeah. Nevertheless the foundation of God standeth sure, having this seal, the Lord knoweth them that are his, and that everyone that nameth the name of Christ depart from iniquity. It's not like it's like yes. Okay. Sure. In the prodigal son, when he ended up getting like the ring back and it had like a seal on it, is that kind of like comparable to the seal that God puts on us, or not really? I mean that that was a like physical a, ring, which yeah. that that identified the, the family name okay. authority. Gotcha. Right. 
But, but yeah, when you take on, when you have the spirit of God in you, you take on his authority. So, I mean, yes, I would say the, the symbolism there is, is, is equal, same. I'm not, I'm not guaranteeing you a ring, but I, but I do believe that we are, that we are known by God. And isn't that who you want to be known by? <laughs> Anyone else? I, and I don't know the answers, but I'll try and we can at least discuss it. Yes. So that's good. Excellent. Yeah. yeah. That's really good. Yeah, you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses of me. Right. Amen. Amen. Just today we had, I was uh, having my breakfast with a co-worker, and another co-worker came back, and she started talking to me about witnessing to her family. She's, uh, you know, she's she doesn't have the truth, but God's, God's dealing with her. And she came back and started talking to me about witnessing and, and you know, how the, how the, the devil started bothering her afterwards and, um, because she's witnessing. And, and I said, yeah. And then and it just led, led into a conversation about receiving the Holy Ghost and how God makes you a witness. And it's just, it, it's already, it, when he, when you receive the Holy Ghost, you want to be a witness. And, uh, she was getting excited about it, you know. She was sitting there awesome. excited about it, and, and in come our boss, and she said, uh, "Can I come back and have breakfast with y'all?" And we said, "Sure." And she and she said, "What are y'all doing?" And the girl said, "I'm having a Bible study." And she said, "So what? Do y'all have Bible studies about 7:30?" I said, "We we haven't, but we can." <laughs> there you go. But it, just, that, it was it was a good uh, feeling, you know, in our little tremendous. Each of us will be so rewarded when we talk about the Lord to people. Yes. Yeah. I, I, for a while, thought about the money I could have made putting that hot water tank in. <laughs> but then I realized, not a chance. I'm just being carnal. I said, but not a chance. I have the opportunity right now to, to talk to their, her son and his wife, and they're going to come over Saturday to be with us. And 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 then I got to meet their son. And who knows what could happen? What, what yeah. doors? That's right. Yeah. That's right. right. That's right. Amen. Well, the sky's the limit on what God can do. I just I think it's so important that you don't forget that you are God's covenant people. I you have. It's not. Easy believism, just believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved. We understand that there's some there's some teeth that go with that. There's, there's some fulfillment of scripture that has to happen when you believe. Amen. I don't say that they can't, they we certainly want them to. But I want to bring a person to that experience in God where they can go deeper and deeper and deeper in God. Anyone else? Your brother Stevens. There, there's a, another scripture that says, perfect love casts out all fear. Yeah. And when we 
truly just fall in love with him because he already falls in love with us. Right. It really don't matter what right. goes on. <coughs> yes, sir. It, you get you, you get troubled by it, but you still got faith that everything's going to be okay because yeah. yes. he's yes. he loves us. Yes. And we love him, and it's in this in this church. I feel it so so strong. It's good. Well, praise God, I don't want to keep you any longer than I should, but I, anybody else? Your, your, your comments always are very encouraging. Well, I'm, it's all right with you. I'm going to keep looking on some of these terms and things. I think it's kind of interesting. It's unfortunate that I'm not smart enough to give you all the answers, but, I, but, but I'm, we've got to just start somewhere. All right, well. Lord bless you all. Thank you for being here tonight. Um, yes, Sister Donna. Sister needs prayer tonight. She's hurting. Okay. Why don't we stand up and let's gather in and pray for Sister Sherry. Lord would help her tonight.